Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your care for us, for your love for us. Send your spirit now in this place, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit prepare our hearts, open our ears to hear your word. And Lord, I pray for responsive hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray us all in Christ's name. Amen. Did you ever hear the joke about the angry driver? So there are two cars driving down the street next to each other. They approach a traffic light. And as they approach the traffic light, this light turns yellow. The car in the right lane speeds through. The car in the left lane slows down and stops. And the woman behind this car that stopped was not pleased, and she laid on the horn, and she voiced her displeasure at this cautious man. She's about 30 seconds into this horn and, and a variety of hand signals, sign language, uh, when knock, knock, a police officer who happened to be right behind her knocks on her window. He arrests her, takes her down to the station, and she sits in booking for about an hour before another officer brings her back out to the original officer who had arrested her, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. You see, when I saw the Jesus fish on the back of your car, and the what would Jesus do sticker, and the choose life decal, I assumed that this was a stolen car. It's funny because she's a Christian, right? Who, um, as she was dropping her 12th expletive, it seemed like the car was stolen. In today's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is not the first or the last time that the Bible talks about love. It has a lot to say about love. And what it has to say about love is in conflict with what our culture says about love. I just recently rewatched the movie The Fifth Element. How many of you guys have seen The Fifth Element? Not many of you, that's a shame. It's on Netflix. It's a 90s action movie, sci-fi action movie, um, where uh, Bruce Willis uh, has to save the world. But, but it's a very French movie with a French director named Luc Besson. I, I don't actually speak French, but I assume that's how you'd say it. Besson. It's kind of fun. And being a French director, the French, the, the, the delightful, it's, he's so French. The, the theme of the movie is that love conquers all. But love is this powerful thing. And in fact, at the end of the, the movie, it's not actually Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has to help this other person saved the world, and she's not convinced the world needs saving. And what is it that he uses to convince her that the world needs saving? Love. Love conquers all. And I'm sorry to spoil a movie that's 22 years old, but um, that actress who plays this character who saves the world, this, this silly French director who writes about love, sometime during the filming of this movie, um, it's interesting that his move, this movie features both his second wife and his third wife. And during the filming of this movie, he leaves his second wife, who plays one character, 
and marries the hero of the movie um, in real life, who becomes his third wife, but not his last wife. And it's funny that this guy is telling the world about love, this guy who is willing to cast aside his uh, second bride for a third and then a fourth. That's kind of how our how the world views love is something that comes and goes, this fleeting feeling. It's pretty messed up. But what is Jesus teaching us about love? And what is this new commandment that he gives us, and what does this mean for us today? These are questions we want to take to the gospel reading today. So let's take a look at the gospel reading. You'll find it on page 12 of your bulletin. I'm going to start with the first verse. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Of course, this begs us to explore the context, because it says, when he had gone out. So what is this greater context here? This chapter 13 is actually the beginning of Jesus' farewell discourse. This is the beginning of the end. John 12 features the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And um, Jesus gives two teachings on the fact that he's going to die. Of course, they don't get it. And then John 13 is the beginning of the end. It's the Last Supper. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And then he looks around at those seated with him and he says, One of you is going to betray me. And then the last thing that he says before today's reading is, What you are going to do. Do it quickly. And he is, of course, speaking to Judas. Of course, as Judas leaves, this sets in motion the final events of Jesus. His arrest, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension. So this is important context to understand what Jesus means when he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Jesus speaks very mysteriously about his death as his glorification. And as he sends Judas out, he says, now the Son of Man is glorified. God is glorified in him. <clears throat> Jesus doesn't say tomorrow. He doesn't say in a little bit. He says now. And then in verse 33, he says, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Here he demonstrates this very night of the Last Supper. He demonstrates his love and servant heart to them by washing their filthy feet. Try picturing walking around the dusty, dirty streets in sandals. I mean, if, if, if you've bathed a young child um, recently in the summer. Maybe this is way back in your memory, but the, the filth that comes off of them when they play in the dirt, wow. Um, our son calls it chocolate milk. I made chocolate milk. As in like when he like stirs up water and mud outside and that mud follows him where he goes. So he just demonstrated his, like, he's like, I'm showing you what this, like, I am showing you who I am. And he's washing their feet and drying their feet. And then he sits down and he says, I'm going to go and you can't follow me. 
He taught um, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, there's this, that's not true. This, this is from John. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The Son of Man did not come to serve, be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is something that he taught them, and then he showed it to them here. He showed it to them. He's like, I'm here to serve you. And then he says, I'm going to go away. I, you can't follow me. Um, he had taught before about his, his disciples that he's going to die. They, that, that didn't go very well. So it's not clear here whether he's like, this isn't a, just teaching them like, okay, you didn't get it before, but this isn't a death cult. When I die, I'm not finished. I'm going to come back and I have a purpose for you. You're not going to follow me into death. And in fact, I have a purpose for you. I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to give you the gift of my Holy Spirit. And you guys are going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so he's, he's giving this to them in little bits and pieces. And then he has this little children. He says, little children. He's not, this, this is not, this is a term of endearment. He's, he's talking to his disciples. And he's saying, oh, my precious, precious people who are very precious to me. My little children. And then he says, a new commandment I give you. Do your ears perk up when Jesus says this? I hope so. Jesus did a lot of teaching, but he didn't give a lot of commands. But right now he says, a new commandment I give you. It's important. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. This teaching would be much harder to understand if we didn't have more to it. Because we'd say, love one another? What does that mean? Again, the Bible says a lot about love. It goes way back to the beginning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, we have this teaching. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. But the teaching doesn't stop there. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You'll teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so the lord gives them this teaching and he says give this teaching to your children when you're walking, when you lie down, when you get up, when, uh, not only that, but you need to redecorate your house, put it on your doorposts, put it between your eyes, put it on your hands. Bind them as a sign on your hand. This requires redecoration. Put them on the doorposts of your house. Love. The Bible says a lot about love. Bottom line, remember this commandment. Love God. And of course, we, we remember in Luke, if you remember the teaching of the Good Samaritan, um, someone asks him, when, when it's like, you know, love God, love your neighbor. Uh, they're like, who is your neighbor? And Jesus te teaches the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus says, there are, there's a man who was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho and who was set on by thieves, who beat him up and left him there dying. A priest walked by him, ignored him. A Levite walked by him, ignored him. A hated Samaritan walked by him. He picked him up and he gave him medical treatment and he took him somewhere. And even when he had to go, he left money for the care of this stranger. 
So we're, we're, we're given a powerful demonstration of what love is. It's costly. It's extensive. It extends to those we don't even know, those who might even be our enemy. So Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. And he doesn't stop there. Love one another how? As I have loved you. That ups the ante, doesn't it? Love one another as I loved you. How did Jesus love us? He gave up his life for us. He washed the feet of his disciples. And he says, you, all of you, love one another as I have loved you. And then he closes the teaching. He says, by this, the world is going to know that you are my disciples because you love one another. This is going to be the mark that sets you apart from the world, that you love one another. Sacrificial love, costly love. I don't know how this passage sits with you today. Does it call you to a greater love of the world? Where's your heart in this? Um, do you have the sacrificial love of, the, of others? Is, it, is your love of one another so evident to the world that they're like, this person is a Christian? This is the only way to describe your love. Does this characterize you? Does this characterize this body of believers here today? That we love one another so powerfully, the world is astonished by this witness. I believe I've shared with you before um, the story that, that a third century Roman emperor named Decius had <laughs> a deep-seated desire to persecute the church. I, I don't know a lot about him. I don't know why. He, he wanted to persecute the church so badly. But his advisors told him, hey, put that on hold. There's a plague that's ravaging our empire right now, and it's the Christians who care for the sick. And so whatever it is that you want to do to the Christians, hang on. Just wait until this passes, because we need the Christians. Wow, what a powerful witness. Can you imagine if the world knew us today by that love? that we are so integral to society that they're going to be like, you know what, we really dislike these Christians, but kind of need them. They care for our, the poor and the sick and the lonely so much that we can't afford to treat them poorly. Was it last year that there was a, a royal wedding, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry? Was that last year? A man named Michael Curry preached the sermon at that ceremony, and um, so many people were on the internet were like buzzing about the sermon. I was like, "All right, I got to watch this. I got to, I got to hear this sermon." And he gave a teaching on love, and so I watched it, and I got to be honest, I was kind of disappointed. It had all this beautiful imagery. He was like, "What if the world? What if the world ran on love?" He had some beautiful imagery, so I'm going to read a little bit to you. It's beautiful imagery, but then I'm going to share to you why it was disappointing. He said, imagine our homes and families where love is the way. 
Imagine neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine business and commerce where love is the way. Imagine this tired old world where love is the way. When love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and our shields down by the riverside and study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty of good room, plenty of good room for all of God's children. What is the sermon missing? It's missing a key ingredient. Jesus. It's missing Jesus. Jesus is the way to this world. Last night, I'm kind of a, I'm a creature of habit, and I, I cannot preach to you without printing out this. I need, I need a, access to a printer. Last night, we had moved some stuff around. The printer moved from room to room, and I was trying to print this. And I even, I, I put new toner in, still didn't work. I couldn't print it. You know why I couldn't print it? Because the printer wasn't plugged in. I mean, the printer was plugged in, but like, the, like it was like 90%, the, 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 the USB was 90% of the way plugged in. It wasn't plugged in to actually connect. Friends, there is no way that we can love the world unless we are plugged into the source of love, and that is Jesus Christ. This beautiful imagery of the world that operates by love the means of loving the world is through Jesus Christ, plugging ourselves into Jesus Christ. The way that he talked about it, it was as if we we're just neglecting this obvious choice. We have an option to just choose love, and we're choosing hate and division and strife and poverty and war and conflict. Friends, Jesus is a path to love. Embrace Jesus. Jesus calls you to love, and he gives you the power to love. We don't fail to love because we've never heard how good the world could be if we would just love Jesus came not only to show us the path of love, but to give us the power to walk that path with him. So as you seek to love one another, seek Jesus. And as you seek to follow Jesus, seek to love one another as he calls us to with his new commandment, because these things are inseparable. Let us pray. Father, Open our ears to your new commandment, your son, Jesus Christ's new commandment, to love one another sacrificially in a costly way. Let this be our mark as a church, that we are known as your disciples because we love one another. And Lord, give us the means to do this. Lord, give us, plug us in, Lord. Lord, help us to seek you and fill us with your love so that we may love the world. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.